Welcome to Always Listening, episode 33. We're your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel, and we are always listening. We have always listening, but we are we have not been recording. That's true. <laughs> and mea culpa. Like, look, we do this every year, apparently. We get to Listener Appreciation Month, and then, uh, pardon me, but uh, poop goes afoul, doesn't it? Well, here's my thoughts. I will completely listen to and take any complaints, pissing and moaning that any listeners want to give us for our horrible inconsistency this last half of the year. If they do a year's worth of podcasting without missing any. Amen. Uh, I got some podcaster buddies, though, that have... At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon. Or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. Been ribbing me about it lately, and they they get to do that since sure, they put but, out but content here's the thing. weekly. So, you sir have turned us goofing around doing podcasts for the last five years. Yeah, ish, right at. Into something that's turned into a pretty steady stream of work. Like, not only are you working full time, not only are you a dad of four, but this editing gig, the voiceovers, all of that is turned like that's turning into another full time. Like, essentially, you're working two full time jobs, raising four kids, and <laughs> trying to do this podcast. Uh, yeah, as well. Actually, what it's at the end of the year here, what, what happened is I've given up about half of my original day job. My job at the radio station, a lot of that has gone away as the stuff from home has yeah. has uh, absorbed it. If you're interested in podcast or voiceover work, you can check out my stuff at joelsharpton.com. A uh, quick plug for me there. But yeah, I'm, I'm about to finish my first full year as an independent contractor. Um, it's been exciting. So that has been busy. You, sir, about to get busy yourself. You, you like baby imminent here. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Very, very soon. We're yeah. going to try to put a few episodes in the can so that you can have a little paternal leave. And, and who knows what the schedule will be after. Here's one thing we do know. Always listening isn't going away. I, I feel that. Don't you feel that? It, it may we'll change. We'll talk about this offline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it may change in some fashion, but like something will be here for you guys. We'll continue to do some version of this uh, in, in some fashion. Here's, here's what the bummer is. So if the idea of the show is to introduce as many new shows to listeners as possible, we're failing epically at that. In, in that particular like, like part to, of the mission, to do, yes. To do it, like, I would love to do this twice a week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That would be the perfect way to do a show like this because there's just so many and podcasts you'd, out you'd there you'd have now. one and I'd have one and we'd do one every yes. week. Yes. Yes. For us, currently... Not in the cards. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Keep your fingers crossed. I, somebody uh, actually mentioned to me on Facebook the other day. What about? Have you ever thought about bringing in guest hosts and doing a rotating cast so that you could put out more content on a regular? I don't basis? think those people understand how difficult. Like to coordinate that is even more That's work. Almost more work. <laughs> yes. You're right. You're right. Well, what we do have for you today is a review of. Another round. It's a podcast that I've been listening to for a long time. I actually met Tracy and Heaven, uh, the hosts of this show, a couple of years ago at Podcast Movement and then got to see them again uh, this past year at Podcast Movement in Chicago. Um, but this is a really cool show. It's one that I've been looking forward to 
talking about. Interesting thing, Josh, since we waited so long to do this, Heben has not been on the show. Heben Nagatu and Tracy Clayton are the two hosts of the show, and Heben has not been on the show for quite some time. She, they've had sort of a rotating panel of, of fill-in guests mm-hmm. along with Tracy. Well, Heben is back now. We waited long enough, and, and, and her <laughs> nice. schedule worked out, and she's back. So they've put out, I think, one full episode, and they had a teaser. Uh, this week's episode is late. but When I'm um, looking for new podcasts, yes. searching for new stuff to listen to, this one always, dude, always pops up and I never listen to it. Well, two big things. So it was one of the first super prominent shows that featured two female hosts and especially two female hosts of color. These are two, you know, young black women. BuzzFeed wanted to have a pod. This is the first podcast you know, I from think BuzzFeed. That, I think that might be... You think it's the BuzzFeed connection yeah, that turned you I off? Think, I think it is. It I think turned me off. It, yeah. it turned me off for a while. Here's how I got first got intrigued by them. Like if Reddit puts out... A podcast, dude, I'm not going to, I can't take, I just can't take all these new news outlets that put up all this, like, pick a pizza topping and we'll tell you when you're going to get married. Hey, now I will say this, what do you think about, like, you know, The Ringer, uh, Bill Simmons' new thing, he's got a whole network of podcasts now, what do you, what do you think about that? He's sort of a new news outlet there. Well, I've... I don't, I'm not, you know what? I'm not going to apologize. I'm not wrong in this. Bill Simmons has been in the sports newscasting game, has, has written books, has built this credibility, uh, on his opinions, uh, and, and has done some journalistic work. Buzzfeed's strictly driven by clickbait. Uh, Like, think about this. If largely, yes, the first, of course, BuzzFeed wants their first podcast to be a podcast with two women of color. That's interesting. That's going to get clicks. That fits right in. Well, but here's the interesting thing, actually. And they've talked about this on the show, and Tracy especially has talked about it elsewhere, too. BuzzFeed's audience does not align with their identity. And and the, the main audience, the primary demographics for the website BuzzFeed are not served by this podcast directly. Are you, I don't believe... How many people over the age of 35 are reading BuzzFeed articles? Yes. Zero. But it's it's lots of whites and it's lots of men is the point, though. That's the BuzzFeed is made up of, of, of lots of whites and lots of men. That's what they stress. No, in their- I think BuzzFeed is made of lots of millennials. <laughs> OK, fair enough. And millennials don't see color, bro. Haven't you been reading? Millennials don't see color. Uh, okay, I'll believe that. They're colorblind. Uh, when, when it's true. They yeah, like their coffee black and their egg white. <laughs> here's what the show is about. Heaven, Nagatu, and Tracy Clayton, they cover everything from race, gender, and pop culture to squirrels, mangoes, and bad jokes all in one boozy show. That's their pitch. Boozy show. Boozy, yes. It's called Another Round because they offer another, towards the end of the show, they say, hey, who are you going to, who are you giving another round to this week? Do they drink and during the of, show? Yes, they drink during the show. That's oh, the other so kind of like Mommy's Cocktail Hour. Very much so, except right. younger and with childless. And, okay. <laughs> and, and a little more urban. Uh, so, but, but here's the thing. Uh, what finally got me into the show, I was like you. I heard BuzzFeed and I was sort of turned off by the idea. But what finally got me in they didn't get Obama like Mark Marin, but they did get Hillary Clinton. She was then just coming off of uh, her tour as Secretary of State, and she was ramping up her presidential campaign. It's not surprising to me at at all that Hillary would go onto a show hosted by two women of color at all. Oh would, no, not I, surprising. It was exactly the right choice for her. 
I guess you know what? I guess it's not surprising that she would go on a BuzzFeed show either, although I don't think she's ever read a BuzzFeed article, but somebody in her circle She likes memes. You never know. She's Yeah, a, somebody she, in her circle I'm sure thought said, Hey, uh you know, a lot of a lot of white millennials are all about this BuzzFeed. Let's uh we can we can get the white millennials and the black millennials, two birds, one stone. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. You and I talked about, and we discussed, you can go back and listen to, we did a special episode about the WTF uh, episode featuring Mark Marin and President Obama, where we just talked about that, that single episode. But you and I talked about it there. Interviewing the president, you're going to assume that certain things are off limits. You're not going to have the raw and unfiltered interview that you might want. The rolling, you can ask him anything and be as as uh, you know candid as you want to be. Mark was a little guarded. I think. Well, here's here's what I was going to say. You got better questions and better answers. I think in this interview with Secretary, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton about to run for president than you did the sitting president, President Obama. And yet, both Dude, interesting figures, historically there's speaking. There's completely different pressures on somebody interviewing a president and interviewing a secretary of state or a governor or whatever else you want to, that that the interviewer will put on themselves because at the end of the day, we are all Americans. And if you're interviewing the American president, it is your patriotic duty, man, to make them look the best they can possibly look. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I here I will give you a warning. I'm going to play you this clip where Tracy asks what I think is a great question of Hillary Clinton, and one I think that might have cost her the election. The fact of the matter is that there was this impression amongst a certain uh, segment of the generally Democratic voting African-American community that Hillary wasn't really on their side. Like, she should be like she said she was. And that was definitely a, a sentiment that people had. Anyway, really great question here. I do want to warn you, there is language, and we're not going to bleep it, at least during these questions. Uh, we've done an explicit episode before. This one is going to be explicit in the clips. I, I just I don't feel it's appropriate, especially in this one, because it, it hits for a reason. Listen to this. Very glad that you mentioned um, the very deplorable state of the prison system right now. You were talking about how people of color are arrested at disproportionate amounts over white folks. And tying this back into the Black Lives Matter movement um, or the conversation that you had with the activists, that conversation felt very um, unfinished to me. And I was reading some interviews with the young woman you were talking to. I think her name is Danasia Yancey. I hope I'm saying this right. My reading of it, again, I don't want to speak for her. My reading of it is that a lot of people feel like you and your husband, former President Bill Clinton, are implicit in the, the policies that were passed and some of the legislation that was passed in the 90s, um, the tough on crime initiatives, the three strikes rule. I feel like what they were looking for and what a lot of black people are looking for is for you and or your husband to shoulder some responsibility in the crisis that we're facing now. So my question to you is, do you ever look at the state of black America today, we can focus on the prison system for now. And regardless of what the intents were, like I know that the 90s were like, it was a different time, you know, times change, legislation changes, needs change. But regardless of your intent, do you ever look at the state of black America and say, wow, we really fucked this up for black people? Well, I'll tell you what I think. And my husband has spoken to this. He spoke about this at the NAACP just last summer. 
you always have to learn from what you do. I was interviewed by Al Sharpton the other day, and I've known him a long time because I represented New York. And he said, and I think it's good to be reminded of this, that in the 90s, and particularly when my husband became president, there was a great demand, not just from America writ large, but from the black community to get tougher on crime. And Al Sharpton said this. He said, I was one of those people who was asking that we get tougher on crime and that we clean up our neighborhoods and we stop gangs from killing each other. And he said, I was, you know, going around boarding up crack houses. And he said, so we can't go back and say that we didn't ask that a lot of this be done because we did. I think what's important is you take stock of what was done and you figure out what needs to change and what we have seen over the course of now, you know, a number of years is that too many low-level offenders, too many nonviolent offenders ended up in prison and that became a terrible strain and drain on the African-American community because too many you know, again, predominantly, not exclusively, men uh, were ending up incarcerated. So I, I think, you know, what my husband said when he spoke to the NAACP was, look, you know, we've learned a lot and, you know, t- took responsibility for whatever the impact of the legislation, but also re- being reminded there were reasons why that legislation was passed and very strongly supported across communities of color and everybody else. In a democracy, you're supposed to be able to keep being a learning political system. And now we got to say to ourselves, as people are, hey, maybe there were some good intentions, but those intentions had unintended consequences, and we got to deal with those consequences. But it's not enough, in my opinion, as some on the Republican side are saying, well, you know, let's just change the sentencing and all that. I'm for all of that. But let's also provide more supports in the community. Let's also, you know, make sure that people who are diverted from the uh, criminal justice system have a real chance to get, you know, the services and support they need to build their lives. So this is now, I think, got to be a broader conversation than just, you know, change the sentencing and, and you know, move low-level offenders out of the, uh, the prisons because that has to be done, but that's not enough. Do you think that that answer is a good enough answer for the people of color who are right now in jail because of a very, very broken system? Look, most of the people who are in jail are there under state law, not federal law. The federal prisons are are a very small part of the equation here. So you have to change the federal prisons, which are going to. That's why President Obama went to visit a federal prison, because the president really only has direct authority over the federal prisons. We have to change what are the vast majority of decisions being made in local jails and state prisons in order to move this agenda forward. And the federal government can provide some incentives, uh, like, you know, put more money into drug courts, put more money into, you know, services for people so that you can then, you know, move states in the right direction. But states control their prison system. So again, that that's one of those, you know, distinctions that needs to be made. We got to change the policies at the federal level to serve as an example and hopefully to provide some, you know, incentives and disincentives so more states also change their policies. I love it. She just comes out and, and asks her. And Hillary gives a, a fair answer there too. Like she responds. She doesn't just whip it away, you know. Well I think she gives a very 
She gives a politician's well, yeah, answer. I mean, yes. Well, yes. Well, She's a very good politician. Say, did you want her to say yes? Yeah. Yeah. Did, you want, or did you want her to say no? Or did you want to say, I'm leaving myself a whole lot of room here? Yes. I, w- I wanted her to acknowledge uh, some failures and uh, look towards a brighter future and the things that she's going to do, which is exactly what she did. Um, so now you know a little bit about what the show can do and why I got intrigued in it in the first place. The other thing that drew me in are, are these two ladies. Tracy and Heaven, I think, are both very, very, I think they're likable. That's just the, the short way of it. And that's one of the things that we talk about a lot, host likability. There are a million podcasts out there, a lot of them doing the same format or the same topic or whatever. The thing that makes you drawn to one versus very, the other. It feels very similar to the read. It is very similar to the read. Except and, the read has it's it's two people of color, uh both gay, one male, one female. I forgot that they were both uh gay. I forgot I mean I knew he was, but I forgot she was as well. Um yeah, you're right. You're right. And it's it, And they talk are, about the same things. Like the like the interesting part, the interesting thing about these shows are you just being a white guy, you get to see the other side. You get to see how people think, and you—it's not in a confrontational way. It's not like you're not talking to somebody face to face where something may be touchy, and it may set one or the other off. You get to listen, you get to take in, you get to absorb, you get to think about it, and you get to just hear the other side. Absolutely. I mean, if you hear something that's just literally too much for you, you can pause it and walk yeah. away. You can stop yeah. it. You can say, no, I don't want it's that great. in my ear right I, now. I think, I think these, I think, I think this, these types of shows really embody what's great about podcasts. And that is being able to share thoughts in an intimate way that will lead to change like arguments rarely lead to change because somebody wants to be right. And somebody wants to think that the other person is wrong. But if you're just listening, you're like, you're not part of an art. You're just listening. You just get to stand by and listen. And you know more at the end of that episode about the world and about other people than you did beforehand. Yeah. Right. So think about going to like, at least those people, like for me, and if I were to go to a black lives matter rally as a white person, I would feel obligated to be like super pro like hey i'm the white guy you gotta here. have the you gotta have the biggest fanciest <laughs> yes, sign yes yeah, yeah like, that's funny right but in in these settings when you're at home doing whatever it is you do or in your car listening you don't even necessarily feel compelled to agree with everything you can just hear it and understand it and take yes. it in and then you yes. can react to it in your own way you yes. can process it in your own like way. there's a whenever we did the read the whenever they you know somebody's talking about like hey we have a yoga for just people of color and people got upset like people got upset about that and their stance was what right now white people got all the yoga yeah yes yeah it's all yours it's all yours let us have a little piece over here right let us have our let us have our space Uh, when we get to equality we can start talking about if we got too much equality but we're not there yeah (laughs) we're not there yes exactly uh all right so check this out this is a a little clip for a host like ability give you an example of why i like tracy and heaven so much uh this one features queen latifah herself uh in their rapid fire section towards the end of the episode our rapid fire question segment is called (laughs) oh boy It's called Pew Pew Pew. These are finger guns. And pew Pew is a you know, rapid fire. Pew Pew. Yeah, there you go. She I was like, Pew Pew? What, what finger guns are you busting? I'm, I don't bust them guns. I bust, 
I bust real pound pound guns, you know, like. Give me some real ricochet. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm going to work on my finger guns in the meantime. So cute. Pew, pew. I wish I could, people could see ping, you ping, with ping, your little I know. index I hate fingers in the air. Oh, your bless your heart, pink nail polish. I know. Pew, pew. And it's my fault because I thought of the name for this segment. Anyway. She sure did. It's uh, no. <laughs> um, Very random questions. Very quick. Mm-hmm. Number one, what's the first thing you wash in the shower? The first thing I wash in the shower? Mm-hmm. My cooter. <laughs> I go straight on down, baby. I've never heard that answer to that question. What the hell do people wash? I wash my hands first. And then I wash my right arm. (laughs) I mean. Okay. You know what? Let's keep it moving. I soak my my lovely rag with a wonderful (laughs) scented, French scented. No. (laughs) I delve into my woman parts and... Gently massage. No, I'm just joking. Work up a slight lather. Well, you know, I, I like the suds down there, and then yeah, you know, I, I respect that. Um, <laughs> have you? I don't think I've ever been asked that question. It's so fun. <laughs> Welcome to the studio. All right, fire um, away. Have you seen Hamilton? Yes. Um, Hold on. So let me, let me you, just make sure I have this straight. Yes. Is the Segment title for their rapid fire section: Finger guns, pew pew, or is it just pew pew? I think it's just pew pew. Okay, <laughs> pew pew. Okay. I got my finger guns, pew pew. Uh, I think that is. And then also think- like, like Queen Latifah kind of got a little, little hard right there for a second. Well, you call those guns? I mess around with real guns. And then she says, "Adorbs." I'm like, yeah. You can't abbreviate the word adorable. You can, probably can't say the word adorable and also be hard-edged, can you? Unless you're the queen. Yeah, maybe so. Um, so the show's put put together well, too. Um, obviously, they've got a team. Uh, you know, There's a huge organization, BuzzFeed, behind them, but it is appropriately produced. Here is a really good example where you're mixing in some some music under uh, Heaven's story here as she's Boo. sort of rapping. No, it's well done. This is, to, again, towards the end of an episode, they're sort of walking out on it. Uh, and this is a happen story about why it's it's so hard to be black. I love this. At an old job I had, I had a rough day, so I went to cry in the bathroom, as one does. Right. And I was the only black person there. So my coworker comes in. I know her ass can see me because I have sandals on. <laughs> oh, she's like, your feet, she knew it was you. I'm the only brown feet in the office. <laughs> If I had a full fucking situation, could have cried in peace. So that's my counter argument. Okay. I see you. I see you. So awkward being black. <laughs> like, why is this happening to me? Oh, man. Anyway, shout out to well-designed bathroom stalls. Yeah. Haven't we did it again? Tracy, we made it. Hey. hey. Um, thank you to all of our amazing... I will say this. Even if if you if you have not heard of the show before and you want to sort of jump in for the first time, don't feel bad about the episodes that don't feature Heaven. Um, this is a good example of one uh, during her hiatus, and she didn't. There was a lot. It was weird. It was almost like you remember the thing. Well, we weren't alive for it, but but you know the deal where there was the conspiracy that like Paul McCartney was dead. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. There, the same thing happened, especially with Black Twitter. I mean, he's about, still dead. Yes. Same thing happened with Black Twitter about. Uh, uh, another round and the fact that heaven wasn't coming back to the show that she had left the show for some reason but that buzzfeed and another round were lying about it for whatever reason that they were being shady like unlike, every week unlike unlike gimlet 
which yes. just comes right out and says it. Yeah. And no, it was like every week they were like, you would see people on Twitter being like, I don't know why they even play and Heaven ain't never coming back to this show. Heaven was coming back. She was just busy. She had some other things that kept her apart. So now she's back. But in the interim, there were some really good episodes. Here's a great example that I loved. Uh, this was on the state of black film from Slate, Slate Magazine and Slate.com. Aisha Harris joined Tracy and the guest co-host, Bim, and I am going to destroy this last name, Adewumi, I think. It's British. Okay. She's British. Anyway, so here you go. This is a little clip from that where they're talking about, and I do like this clip too because they're talking about, okay, so yes, we're seeing a lot of sort of black, we're beginning to see some black superstars, but the reason why they we don't have hegemony yet or why it's not close is because we're just now getting um, uh, people of color in the rooms where the decisions are made, so to speak. We're getting people of color in the producer's chairs and the director's chairs in the studio heads. Here you go. So your piece... Um the black film canon was inspired by, and correct me if I'm wrong, the whole Oscar's so white controversy. Yes. Um, if you're not familiar, the Oscars is white as fuck. <laughs> white folk don't be giving us a chance. They don't see us, et cetera, et cetera. So we get left out of award shows. And there are a lot of people who are like, ugh, why do you care about award shows? Blah, blah, blah. But it matters. And you talk about this in your piece as well. Because when you're like listing important films... You know, like people listen to that. People see it and they absorb it. So when you don't name or list any black films there, people begin to believe that these aren't like worthy films or movies. Like, is there any hope there? I think there, especially this year, for better and for worse, is going to be very much a return to sort of the year that Denzel and Howie and Sidney Poitier all <clears throat> got awards at the mm -hmm. Oscars mm -hmm. where... Uh, because everyone's looking for a way to say, hey, we're not so racist. Look at this. Right, right. Nate, Nate Parker has Birth of a Nation. People have been clamoring about that. And yes. uh, there's also the movie Loving uh, yep. about the very historic case um, with the Supreme Court uh, that ended miscegenation laws mm. across the entire country in 1967, I believe it was. Mm. And stars Ruth Negger. Yes. And... Uh, so I think that that's totally going to happen this year. And yay, that's great. Yay. But, <laughs> but, but to me, there's always this wave, right? Because mm -hmm. it happens. This happened the same with like black television where you mm. had different strokes. You had good times. You had what's happening. And then the 80s, you had Cosby, but that was about it mm -hmm. for the most part and then you might have it's also a very conservative view of like blackness exactly mm -hmm. it, like it went the other direction it went from yeah. good times super super poor to <laughs> super rich mm -hmm. and then in the 90s we had this burst again but then in the early 2000s and then up until these last three years it, it was like a drought mm, and so right. these things come in waves and i think yeah. we're coming back up on the wave when it comes to oscars and recognition mm -hmm. and i think once we get comfortable after either this year or two years, it's all going to like, it could recede again. Mm -hmm. But I do have a little bit of hope because we have more people like Ryan Coogler and Ava DuVernay and lots of even Asian and Asian actors who are now speaking out more prominently mm -hmm. and taking people to task. And I think that this is louder than it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And I think that, you know, producers are hopefully seeing now that there is money to be made mm -hmm. in casting diverse people yeah. and funding them and 
like representing them in, at the Oscars. Mm. It's like heaven said that after a while, you just kind of appeal to the most base yeah. urge, which is to make money. Right. And it's like, like, listen, right. There's you cash can make here. Money right. This. So why don't you? Right. Yes. Which is disheartening, but also just very, very honest. Yeah. You know, the real change is gonna come when you put black people at the seats of the tables where like the real big decisions are being made. I love that clip. It's good. Uh, here's what here's here's what I like about it. I think what's going to eventually even out. Uh, you know, they talk about it comes in waves, right? There's a wave where it's all white. Then there's a a, a reaction, and the um, the reaction to to that is, oh, now we're gonna Sidney Poitier gets a lifetime achievement award, and Denzel gets an award, uh, and it, and it does it does go in waves like that. Um, but I think the the great point is it goes in waves like that because the people making the decision have almost always since the beginning of film been white yeah. Yeah. Right? and male until very, so, very recently. And, and the thing is, is when you're, when you're white and everybody in your group is white, you don't think it's not, not, not giving a black actor a nod, not, not giving black films, um, the accolades that they deserve isn't necessarily based on anything racist or malicious. This is just the bubble you have created for yourself. So it's what you see, like it's what you know. And then whenever somebody comes out and says, Hey, there's no black people nominated. There's no black movies. The people are going, Oh, we've been rats. We've been found out because it's pretty obvious, right? Like that's a pretty obvious thing that there aren't any black films nominated or any black people nominated. So it's not like it's not like people are getting caught out like, oh, we're caught for our racism. It just hasn't leaked and permeated into that film psyche yet. And when you are in that group, it's very, very scary to break apart that group or add anything into that group that is not the same. And that's how I think like Trump got elected is people started to realize and start to see there are other people in this country. <laughs> a bunch of them. That where did they come from? <laughs> they don't like, look like me. They don't talk like me. I don't. Their church sure. doesn't look like mine. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like we even like we elected our first black president, Obama, and you still didn't know old white people, right? His name was Barack Hussein Obama. They talked about it incessantly for eight years. You like, you and so what happens is, and and so what happens is, he gets elected, and now that the 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 trough is coming in from the wave. And it's like, no, we, we remember how things were. We liked things better this way. Yes, that group of people did, I'm sure. And this is just a reaction to that. And I'm really hopeful that it's going to be one of the lasts. Hmm. Right? Yes. Yes. I strongly agree with that sentiment. This, this should be the last gas. So I th- and I think film, politics, nationalism is going to go away. It has to. Oh, well, at least as the dominant force that it has been and that yes. it seems to be right now. Yes. And people are afraid of globalization. But you hear growing up, oh, it's such a, like, it's such a small world. That is, it's, yes. It's, and it's more it true really today. Is. Yes. It really is. But it's not a small world because of acres 
or because of miles or kilometers. It's not a small world because of that. It's a small world because at the end of the day, we are all people. At the end of the day, we're all the same. That's what makes it a small world. And once we connect all that, then we won't be talking about Denzel should have won for this or, um, you know, a woman should have been elected president. That'll, that will eventually go away. I, yeah, I've seen Star Trek. They make up eventually. We, we, as, all, we all get by nice. eventually. <laughs> as, much as, I, uh, as much as I bag on millennials, and they really just, dude. With their frappes and their sweaters. I work. Oh no! Do they wear sweaters? I work I with sixty of them all day. I can't. It just blows my mind. You know, I don't think about that. You are literally like drowning in them. I'm drowning in millennials, man. Yeah, but they do give me a lot of hope when it comes to things like that. And uh, I think the show. I think the show reflects that. It's it's a it's a very very good one. It's called Another Round. It's from BuzzFeed, and you can find it anywhere that you find uh, good podcasts. Uh, Josh, before we uh, hold hands and sing Kumbaya here, why don't we uh, turn our attention to a little listener feedback, and uh, in particular, some reaction to our episode of uh, Gimlet Media versus Mystery Show. Ooh. Yeah, indeed. So they all say I'm right. <laughs> not quite. Not then they quite. are wrong. Uh, so, so it starts off with this. Brad Bourgeois said, "Oh, I can't. Uh, I can't wait to listen." And then um, Dan Franks, uh, one half of the producing uh, power duo behind the Podcast Movement um, Conference, Dan has to be on my side. Well, he starts with this, and I, I think this is an interesting conversation to have too. He says, "Well, my first argument is against the Jimmy John's commercial on the pre-roll." Yeah, and then he's, he put a smiley face there. And so I reminded him, I said, well, Dan Franks, if you were a patron, we offer an RSS, uh, uh, an ad-free RSS feed. If you're a, a, a Patreon subscriber at any level, um, you can get access to an RSS feed, and we've got all of the most recent episodes up there. This one will be in that feed before it's in our iTunes feed, and that does not include advertising. So that's one way to get around that if that's a problem for you. He said, I'd totally follow that commercial with that plug then. Something like, hey, did you hate that commercial you just heard? Stop everything and go to patreon.com slash whatever. <laughs> start every episode uh, to never way. hear one again. Now, on with the show. Uh, I said, that actually isn't a terrible idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Dan then said, after he listened to the episode, he said, great conversation on the show, by the way. I dig the good cop, bad cop, even if it was not intended to be that way. There's no... Dan, <laughs> since I know you listen to the show... It's not good cop, bad cop. It was right cop, wrong cop. <laughs> yeah, it's just up to you to decide who is right and wrong. Uh, Jenny Wren Stratup, she is the podcast host behind uh, the Gritty Birds uh, podcast, uh, a cool art podcast from uh, up north. She says, oh, that's what happened. I was wondering. Uh, Jason Gott says, oh, wow, I did not know that. Uh, do we know why? I replied to him and said, yes, if you listen to the episode, we explain it pretty thoroughly. <laughs> Um, Joshua Steen says, I greatly disagree with a lot of this, but I'll attest to the fact that content does not override, uh, let's see, that content does not override um, production and conflict at all. Creating this content is so personal that personalities can oftentimes get in the way of creating great shows. I'm sure there are plenty of folks who have lost shows because of this very reason. So you said if she was putting it out, if she was putting out the episode, sure. it wouldn't matter that she was hard to work with. Correct. His, his thing is, especially with a show like this that is effectively all about Starly, right? Like, it, it is it is so personality-driven. 
every podcast is. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, well, not not ours. I'm mean, like I think ours is the way that it is because of our two personalities. But like I think you could slot in two other guys, and it would be for most of our audience acceptable. And it would be a whole nother flavor. I agree. Okay. I agree. So it's personality driven. Yes. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and for that matter, branding certainly matters. Yikes. He's arguing against you. You said it doesn't matter that she doesn't keep the show name or it doesn't matter if she doesn't keep the show name. But Josh says, no, branding matters greatly. It's very important that she keep the show name. I'm not saying branding doesn't matter. What I'm saying is she can continue to do the show however she wants, and she will still have the followers and listeners that she currently has. <laughs> Disregardless, because they're following her. Like you just like, dude, you just said the show is all about her. It's driven by her. Yeah, but like, I. But- oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did 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 the calves? Did the Cavs lose jersey sales when LeBron left the first time? They yes, did. they did. Yes, they did. Did their jersey sales go up when he came back and won a championship? Oh, yes, yes, they, they did. did. Was that the Cavs branding problem, or was that because of a LeBron player personality issue? I say sometimes the two are inseparable. It's the, the two can be the same thing sometimes, right? In a personality-driven business, right? But in the margins is where it happens. So Jonathan Oaks was our final chime in here. Uh, Jonathan Oaks, of course, the host of the Trivial Warfare podcast, which we've covered before. Great show. Uh, He says, Josh is right, bud. I think Bloomberg told you everything you needed to know in his first statement. Starley has an uncompromising vision for the show. Yes. That's what Alex Bloomberg said. Yeah. Uncompromising is a very meaningful word. It means unwilling to compromise. I would suggest that Gimlet offered Starley alternatives, ways to get the show on schedule and on track. It was in their best interest to do so. When something isn't working for you, you look for alternatives. But if the host is unwilling to compromise, then there is literally nothing you can do. Was she surprised to be let go? Probably. Those kinds of things don't come with warning in the real world. But the chance to change well, things... But here's the thing. I don't, I don't agree, necessarily agree with that. Those things come with a ton of warnings. Generally, the egos that are surprised by them don't see it coming because they're absorbed in what they're doing. Yeah, yes, but at the same time, like the company does not come to you and say, hey, Starley, if we can't get an episode in two weeks, we're going to fire you. Like, they don't say that. No, they probably said, hey, we need to have something in the can by yada yada date. That yes. date passed, and they said, hey, you're two weeks late. Well, I got something coming. Well, it's been a month now. It's almost finished. Well, it's been three months. We're going to have to let you go. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh was she surprised to be let go? Probably. Um, but the chance to change things was certainly presented ahead of time. And if she had compromised, I'm rather certain that she would still be there. That's what I'm talking about. So he, he was right on with you. He also says, though, uh, because when he shared that, he shared a link and it included the logo for the mystery show. He goes, I still hate that logo. There is literally nothing about it that I like. <laughs> uh, I will say it is not a great logo. I, it is very, it's very busy and, and not my style at all. Um, but anyway, they were... Let me tell you something, Josh. I'll go ahead and tell. I share this with our audience too. I think I have told you privately that episode is now by far our most downloaded episode of all time. Gimlet Show versus people uh, like or Gimlet versus the the Mystery Show. I think we just have to put verses in it. Yeah, there you go. So Every show on, is verses. From now on, we're going to bring two podcasts, two podcasts in, or one podcast leaves. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, Always Listening Thunderdome edition yeah. coming soon to you. Uh, here's what we do have coming soon, Josh. We're going to try to put a few more reviews out there pretty soon. You've got a review coming of Infinite Monkey Cage. Yes. What, what is, are you excited about that? You listen to that show? What, do you want to tease them a little bit? After reviewing the show, after listening to the show, I still have subscribed to it. 
Uh, there's a lot of great things with it. I'll get into it in the review. Man, I tend to be, I tend to lean toward a lot of like sciencey shows, man. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with it. Everybody's got a flavor. Well, right now I'm looking for a parenting podcast that I am going to review. I've got a couple for you, okay. as a matter of fact. We'll talk about that. Uh, and we've also got an episode coming soon for you that is our third annual Christmas special. We're going to have some great guest podcasters uh, sharing the podcast or a podcast episode that they are going to give to a loved one this Christmas season uh, or holiday season. And you can hear that. It'll be out for you right before the holiday, I think like the 23rd, 24th. And we've got some old favorites returning, and we have some spectacular new ones primo primo guests this is so the i up until this year the largest guest that we've ever had on the show was uh, we had josh and chuck do a a segment for our first christmas josh and chuck from stuff you should know that was pretty big i think this one's every bit as big as that one yeah yeah i listened i listened to i still listen to josh and chuck and i also uh Listen to this man. And it, it, that's a little tease for you folks. That's what we call a Christmas tease. It's coming in your stocking before you know it. Uh, thanks to everybody who stuck with us. Thanks to everybody who sent us some uh, congratulations or a kick in the butt to try to get an episode out uh, soon. And uh, thank you for uh, continuing to support us at Patreon.com. And if this is your first episode you're listening to, uh, you're welcome for the backlog. <laughs> that's right. There's like 100 episodes or something. There's a bunch of them, folks. All right. Until next time, we've been your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. And we we are always listening. Yeah, I know I ain't seen it all, but I've seen enough. Yeah, I know I ain't seen it all, but I've seen Always Listening Podcast Reviews is a proud member of the Two Guys and a Rogue Network. You can find all our reviews, more info about the shows, and other podcasts we produce at alwayslisteningpod.com. If you love podcasts as much as we do, check out our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash alwayslisteningpod. Our theme song is Enough from
two guys and a rogue. I'm one guy. I'm the other. And this is The Network.